Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast, where our mission is to help hosts share their space and live their dream. This episode is sponsored by our free Airbnb Startup Essentials Checklist. Our comprehensive Airbnb Startup Essentials Checklist will take the guesswork out of what you'll need to finally get your Airbnb off the ground. You'll have the confidence to do that thing you've always wanted to do. Get started today sharing your space and living your dream by visiting our website, thanksforvisiting.me. And that's for F-O-R and signing up for your free Airbnb Startup Essentials Checklist. Again, this is free. So hurry up and get your copy today. Now on to the episode. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests, and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful, wonderful episode of Thanks for Visiting. I am one of your hosts. Sarah Karakayan. And I am Annette Grant. And together we are... Thanks Thanks for for visiting. visiting. We have an amazing short-term rental share Sunday. Yes, let's do it. So if you have not been listening, which hopefully you have, go back, listen to all of them if you haven't. We do a highlight here on our episode. Our goal uh, is to share share space, live your dream. And we do that through sharing our listener spaces. Hashtag us, hashtag STR, share Sunday. And this week, we are highlighting Bungalow 211. Again, that's at Bungalow 211 on the Instagrams. And let's get into this little 1920s bungalow in near the Grand Canyon. I mean, like talk about something that brings you talk about being near something that brings a lot of travelers. Right. And exactly. still being in the short-term rental space. She's on Route 66, which is really cool. And it's hosted by Christine, who says she is an elementary school teacher. And while her space is really cute, I just want to read just a few of the reviews that are just recent on her space. So the last review says, book this place now. Talk about that call to action from a guest. Yeah, like nice. that's amazing. My family and I have stayed in a hundred, hundreds of Airbnbs and this place is easily the top five. Christina's doing something right. The next one says, this trip was truly magical. I mean, these reviews are so descriptive and powerful. Christine, teach us your ways. And she's got across the board, five-star reviews. She's got 60 reviews. So I think that's, you know, that's that's notable and that's amazing. Christine, you're killing it. And the fact that you have an Instagram account, we love that you're doing everything you can to get eyes on your short-term rental. Yeah, a couple of things I just want to highlight here is that Christine is very, like her amenities that she offers seem to be outstanding. I see a little nook in her pictures with uh, snacks for travelers, bottled waters, um, information about the, the town. So take a look at her. She's doing something right here. And I do think just the fact that she has such a 
destination location, which probably is an interesting way to find guests. So reach out to her. I'm sure she would appreciate a DM if you are in you know, a national park area mm-hmm. like that. I'm sure she would be more than happy to give you some tips on just her success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just connect to and heart her property. We want everybody to do that. So uh, save it on your save it on your wish list. Yes. All right. So let's get to today's episode. All right. We have one of our friends back on the show and we have Sharon Keefe back. Sharon has been in the vacation rental market for 17 years for everything from, you know, working at a front desk, answering the phone to uh, working for a vacation rental software company. So so now she, she coaches and helps vacation rental, uh, managers across the country strategically and, and in a smart manner. We had her back on episode, where was this? 47 and also episode 52. And she is a wealth of knowledge. So we are having her back a third time. I hope this won't be the last. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thanks, ladies. So glad to be here again. Welcome back. Welcome so, back. So I just want to preface this, listeners, with you have to... I think this is going to be great. But what I want you to understand is Sharon... Our first episode with Sharon was called Different Worlds, Same Mission. And as we are talking with Sharon more and more, we are realizing there is a lot of differences between our world as mainly, you you mainly use Airbnb. We're definitely short term, meaning like one, two night stays. And a lot of people get into Airbnb, we'll use it as a verb, without much experience in the hospitality industry. Although we know a lot of people who are eager to learn, a lot of them are you because you're tuning in and we appreciate that. So today we want to talk about tangible, actionable things you can do to increase revenue. Ooh, so I think- Let's and do it. Sharon's already said like, I feel like some of these things are kind of high level. And I told Sharon, I think it's like, I think that's amazing because maybe you are that person right now in your car and you dream of having a handful of short-term rentals and how they would look and all the little things you would do. And I want you to think big to when you're going to need systems and think outside of the Airbnb platform. We all love Airbnb. It is amazing for what it's done for me and my business, Annette, your business. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean we're not going to be strategic in ways to really grow and scale our business and our revenue. So Sharon... Without further ado, could you start us off the conversation? What are some of the top things that come to your head when you can share with our listeners uh, things that they can do to increase their revenue? Absolutely. So this is a big topic. And obviously, revenue you know, causes you either to pull over on the side of the road and you want to take notes or um, <laughs> sit up a little straighter in your chair because it's the driving force of all of it. And when you're passionate about something and the mission statement is just like in your mind with every decision you make in this journey of hospitality and hosting and providing um, accommodations for the business traveler or the vacation guest, it's still driven by by money. And are you? I think that the common shortcoming is that you are not being compensated for all the services that you're providing. And so when you start out small and you're like, well, this is, this is a business, yes, but I don't have a marketing team. I don't go down the hall and there's you know, the finance office and you know, there's not physical departments, but you absolutely are representing each one of those departments. And so if you are not being compensated for a maintenance trip charge, or you're not being compensated for um, some marketing costs that are attached to every single reservation or transaction, 
you're really leaving money on the table, but you're also from a longevity standpoint, like at some point, that's where the burnout rate comes into play in so many different forms because you're simply not covering the costs. And also too, the the traveler, we already know, and Airbnb um, has such a dynamic marketing research team that really gets it out there to say, hey, the traveler is actually demanding more of an experience. Hey, the traveler is actually demanding a higher linen thread count. Hey, the traveler is actually demanding that there's a coffee pot on the countertop, right? So, so they they don't mind paying for these things. They're it's going to make their stay more enjoyable. If they wanted to if they if they didn't have a care in the world about some of these things, they definitely would be choosing a different accommodation. And I love that I think you're going to you're going to talk on this on there's going to be two sides to this listeners. There's going to be increased revenue as an owner to your short-term rental. Let's say you own it. You're not co-hosting. You're not helping anyone else. You're just doing your own thing. There are things that you can do to increase revenue. And then if you are co-hosting, if you are managing an Airbnb for someone else who owns the property, um, there are going to be ways that you can help that owner make more money. And in turn, you make more money because usually it's it's some sort of commission or profit sharing. So um, no, I couldn't agree more, Sharon. So what are some tangible things? Like what are some very specific things we can do that, that are on the simpler side? Then we'll get into high level stuff too. Sure. So tapping into, um, and this is something I feel that's like newer in the last two to three years is tapping into the concierge role and providing more of an experience. And so starting that dialogue with the traveler before they ever step foot into the property and finding out, are there some things that you could provide to make their stay more enjoyable? And you don't have to like go to the 10th degree and you're, you know, renting bikes and doing all of these like crazy things. It can just be as simple as stocking the fridge and here's the, you know, five items. You're somebody whether it's you or someone that you're hiring, a cleaner, um, somebody is going into that property prior to the guest arriving. So logistically, it's really easy to manage some of these concierge services. And then of course, the guest is paying for those. Stocking the fridge is like an an easy one, but also anytime that you're going to be able to engage with the traveler before their stay, it's convenient for the traveler to share more information that might give you a heads up like, oh shoot, they're going to be really hard to service or, oh good, they're, you know, they just offer more information without even realizing it. So that's a huge win. Yeah. Well, so here's something that I think would be a byproduct of that. Um, Sarah and I currently don't do that like aggressively. Aggressively, no. Um, or not even say aggressively, but proactively. Like if guests reach out, mm-hmm. I'll say, yeah, if you, know, if you want me to get a birthday cake, whatever, you know, that type of stuff. However, I think if we were to proactively do that, even if the guest isn't interested at all... Or doesn't know they're interested. Th- right. right? They, like, they're like, wait, all of a sudden they feel like they're getting a better experience, even if they don't partake in it. Because I know, heck, I know I go to some hotels and they got some nice mini bars and I don't always partake, but I'm like, I like that I have the option there if I needed it. And so there's other places I go, if they don't have one, I'm like, that's a ripoff. What if I wanted to have, you know, a $12 thing of peanuts at one in the morning? <laughs> like help the sister out. But I, Sharon, I like that almost, obviously the revenue is awesome, but 
out of the gate looking like you go above and beyond, which you do, but at least your guest knows like, wow, I've never had a host offer me that Listeners, before. I don't think it's a common thing for Airbnb hosts to do that. I don't. So, so you know what, Sarah? Yeah. Let's, let's do let's, it in 2020. Let's, we're going to test that. Um, we're going to test it. Yeah. We're going to roll it out. Okay. We're going to see how it goes. We'll report and we're back. Gonna, and we're going to report back to you too, Sharon. Yeah. If, and it's not going to be $5. No. No. Yeah. So, okay. well, that's the other thing too. How, when yeah. you do the concierge, how do you price that so in your experience? The, right. It, it depends on the market. You know, like if it's um, Hawaii, everything's more expensive, right? Because a box of cereal is like $7.95. So the cost of the groceries and then a trip charge. Okay. And trip charge is a good segue into another item. So maintenance talking and whether you are co-host or if you own the property every time that you have to send someone out for a maintenance item there's there's something about and previous episode discussion about standards and quality control making sure that the vendors or the handyman that you're using is insured and there's so much communication back and forth of like, did you fix the leaky faucet? Because the next guest is going to complain about it if you didn't. And there's so much back and forth and um, quality control factors built in. But you're likely, if you don't charge a a trip charge for some of this, or um, you're not covering your time, as well as like, you're professionally... Covered handling this the situation, right? And so you you mean and so listeners, I think what Sharon means and Sharon correct me if I'm wrong is if you're co-hosting for someone, if you're managing a property, you should be charging the owner, the client, for these additional trip charges above and beyond your duties of being there for the guest communication and booking and managing the cleaning and whatnot. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't want to. The fee structures are so varied out sure, there, so right. I don't want to get into that. But like, right. um, a coordination coordination fee for some of these things that just magically happen, and right. you know, um, the guest checks out, and all of these things happened. But your phone log or email log at two a.m. and all these crazy hours, you need to get you know be compensated for that. So just make sure that you those are line items and you know really creating like I said those departments that you do have a maintenance department, a cleaning department, a marketing department and a finance department a, and so on. A side note to that um that might be specific for our listeners. Listeners if if a guest causes damages to your property for and I'll give exact um example someone shattered my television and I just charged because I didn't I was you know didn't think through it. I only charge them for the television set, <laughs> not for your time I to get a new charge one. Them for my time rushing around canceling meetings that day because I had to ha- get a new television for my next guest. I should have tacked on travel my time, but I just say here's the receipt for the TV and done. And and so that was something where I was very short sighted. Exactly what Sharon's talking about being short sighted on what is that repair truly going to cost? And always think about that, whether you're co-hosting or charging a guest for damages. Because again, you know, I had someone, let's say, ding the wall and I needed to fix that, but it wasn't just the repairs. I had a call, I had to make sure it fit in someone's schedule. Mm-hmm. I had a cordon, like Sharon just said, that coordination. So think a little a little bit bigger if there are ever any damages there or, you know, just something above and beyond your normal services. Sharon, if a guest leaves something in the space and they want you to mail it back, Ooh. do you charge for that time too? 
No, because, and this isn't, I mean, this is just what I've done. So this is definitely not like hard and fast, but um, I think the only reason they pay for the shipping. Um, the only reason not is because I'm already at the property or the cleaning person is at the property. It's not as separate. If you do it, if you don't do it wisely and you are doing a separate trip, like let's say that it's hidden in a drawer and there's been five stays or whatever the case <laughs> right. may be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if it's a separate trip out there, but I usually will just coordinate it with like someone's going there anyways. So I think it just kind of depends. Yeah. Like if, if you if, if you it's own two the, hours away. If you right. own the property, like you and you were also managing your own property and the guest said, Hey, I left my favorite pillow, would you mail it back to me? Would you charge the guest for the trip to to get a buy a box, to package it up and then to, you know, even if you buy the box at the post office, would you or is that kind of just part of the guest experience and you're happy to, as long as they pay for shipping in the box, you're happy to give your time to do those sorts of things? It kind of depends on the price point. Mm-hmm. If if it was a $10,000 a week rental and I think that's mm. likely they're going to come back, yep. I I would just Ritz-Carlton we got approach mm-hmm. and say, no problem, it's on us. <laughs> sure. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but if it's more of a Holiday Inn situation for that weekend... and. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I learned the hard way with this. And it was something that when I um, was in that, that management seat for 75 properties and I was super, super budget conscious, um, I would charge the guests for like everything, like a carpet cleaning stains, $25. And then as I talked to and I transitioned and worked for um, software company, and I was able to learn best practices carried out across the country. And I was like, why did I like leave a bad taste in their mouth? Like, was it really worth it? And okay, they did spend $25,000 for that month rental. And I charged them $25 for (laughs) cleaning for a spot. And they already said they're coming back. Like, really? I did that. So I cringe and look at the past of, you know, learning from my mistakes as well. So just, you know, consider the situation. I love that. That is sound advice. Okay, what what else can we do? So linens. Linens is a thorn in our side on the management side, on your side of things, right? It's like the cost of laundering them, um, replacing them. First and foremost, um, going back to standards a little bit, if you missed that episode, don't cut corners on the thread count of linens. They definitely are going to drive your reviews, your guest reviews or host reviews, I should say. And so they matter, right? So they also cost, there's a there's a big cost associated. So if you don't have anything built into your rental rate or you don't have a line item for this, you definitely need to add that because it's a huge expectation of the guest that there's going to be subpar, like decent, right? If it's notable that the linens were poor, then it's, if it's that noticeable, then you have a problem in your business. So it's crazy that one thing can actually make a break. A lot of other things, right? It's just like cleanliness. Like if you don't have a clean property, you don't have a business. And linens fall right in line with that. So definitely consider that cost being covered. And I think that the traveler, you know, as far as like where who covers that cost, I think that it's pretty industry standard that the guest is paying for that in one one way or another, mm-hmm. whether they know that or if they don't. And I think that I mean, kind of—I don't know when, when you were going to bring this up, Sharon, but I, I'm, I have a feeling you will—that that that goes into the next thing of: Are you pricing the nightly stay correctly? 
You know, are mm-hmm. you are, is your pricing on point with where you should be with the services and the product that you want to bring to guests so that you don't get burnt out and you can stay in business for a long time? <laughs> right, right. And how, like safety inspections, right? I, I know um, a lot of vacation rental managers who will have fees included in the rate. And I love when the traveler's like, well, where's the cleaning fee? they're like, it's included in the rate. And so is our on-call service. And so is the the linen fee and our inspection fee. Well, what do you mean inspect? Yeah, we make sure that the carbon monoxide detector has batteries. Like, oh, thank you. We appreciate that. So you're educating the guests. So that's where I don't want to get into like, do you um, line item and list these fees or do you include them in, in the rental rate? Because they're both great options. Like you have tons of flexibility there. But all while doing this, you're educating that traveler of, oh, and I mean, I kind of like when owners would say, well, we don't want to, we think our management fee should be less. And I'm like, okay, so let's just take out the on-call service. Like you get the phone calls at 2 a.m. Right. Let's take out the inspection. <laughs> like we'll just, you know, hope those batteries are still working in the smoke detector. And then they're like, wait, 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 never mind. We do need you to do all of those things. So this is where just making sure that, or maybe even starting with making a list of like, what are you doing for every stay or every property? And being like, oh, shoot, we do have to check the smoke detector batteries. Or like, oh, we are in like cleaning out the fridge the, you know, every single time. And so the traveler is okay. And this is where we're so fortunate that these services and these fees that I'm referencing or these costs to doing business are tangible. I mean, they're not just these like services that the the traveler doesn't feel. And the more that they appreciate, they're going to look, we're educating that traveler to look for other people doing this well, right? And and raising that bar of like, this is why safety matters. So yeah. And listeners, just so we can kind of translate to the short-term rental Airbnb market, listing some of these things in your listing in the description will let travelers know who are perusing your potential, your listing as a potential place for them to stay and saying, hey, we check our, we check the batteries and smoke alarms. We offer, you know, X, Y, and Z at any time the day or night, whatever. And that translates to, translates to the service that you can expect from us if you stay with us. And I think without saying it, you're telling that potential guest that this is why you're priced a certain way. Because mm-hmm. I think in the vacation rental industry, you can book a, a vacation rental home and you receive more of a an invoice type situation rather than on Airbnb. There's like, you know, and it's very in our culture to have a separate cleaning fee. I I appreciate that Airbnb has it now that it says, you know, we support a a living wage. And that's why the cleaning fee is, is, you know, some people think it's high, but you're trying to explain to them, like, I'm trying to pay someone a living wage to do this full time. And I just need you to understand that. And you can kind of get into that, into your listing and educate your potential guests that you are actually very fair in your, in your offerings because of these things. Does mm-hmm. that make sense, Annette? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, anything else that our listeners can do? Yes. Let's talk about early check-in Ooh. or late checkout. Um, yes. I don't know how often this request comes up in your world. But All the time. On the side of things. <laughs> All the yes. time. Yep. And this is like the convenience fee. Consider that they want... I mean, people that don't charge for early check-in or late checkout. I, I mean, hotels, let's take let's take a tip from our relative in the space. Yeah, our friends in the space. <laughs> yes, yes. And I mean, you're extending your stay and all of the, let's talk logistics and we're talking about that 
that cleaning person, there's a lot of logistics that have to change because yeah. of that request. I love that. Dear guests, you are off, you're asking to extend your stay. We'd be happy to do that. Our charge for that is XYZ. That is brilliant, Sharon. Well, they appreciate, and then too, like they're appreciative of anything that they pay for. It's not like, oh, we will just get this. And I mean, it's all relative once again. I mean, if it's a $10,000 a week right. or $1,000 mm-hmm. a night, right? and it's an hour is, is different than two hours. Right. Sure. But that's the other thing is interesting is if it's a 4 p.m. check-in, what in your world, like what is early check-in? Like what would you, what time? No wrong answer. Yeah. I'm just curious now. Educate me. I feel like if you have to move your cleaners to start, you know, like you said, coordinate them to start that property first before they move on to the next, if you haven't, you're having them clean multiple properties and I'm having to message and see if that's going to work and X, Y, Z. I've learned that if I just put it in the listing, that if you were requesting an early stay before um, before one o'clock, that's something that's going to require extra work on my end. And so we're happy to accommodate that. But And I mm-hmm. think I can, I can improve that verbiage. But um, And I think that makes the guests really think about if they really want that for that dollar amount. Right. Is it worth it to them? Right. To just mm-hmm. go to the bar, hang out with your suitcase until check-in time is ready. I've never actually charged for it. Yeah. I don't even... The only offering I gave was if you want to book the night before to guarantee you could get in. And I love that early because they were asking for like a 10 a.m. I'm like, well, the only way to guarantee that is to book. Well, in our our world too, Sharon, like, you know, our nightly stays... And in Columbus, I think the average nightly stay, the average is $90 a night before the cleaning fee. That's just our world here because it's they're usually one, two night stays. They're one, two bedroom apartments, right? Like we got a lot of business traveler parents, X, Y, Z. So, you know, for I, Annette said that to me and I was kind of in awe by that. And I'm like, you're right. What's another 90 bucks to guarantee that I can get in at 11 a.m. when I arrive into town? You know, it's... If it, yeah, if it... Well, if airlines it do it. Right. You know, if you want right. right. to board first, it's going to cost you 20 bucks. <laughs> there you right. go. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that approach that just book the night before. Right. Because at that point it is a whole extra, I mean, and I think 10 a.m. If you're just leveraging Airbnb, that's the easiest way to do it because while we can ask for extra funds from our guests before they book, we can adjust the price. If they want to check out late, you know, the only way to do that is to ask for extra funds or what have you. But if you want to offer we can ask for extra funds for guests, but I've just found that in that, I don't know what, if that was this episode or, or another one, but if they want, if we want a guest to have a photo shoot midday and then also book at night, I need to find a way to, to book my property directly. And mm-hmm. I think that's another way where we can make more money as short-term rental hosts is we love Airbnb. Thank you for the 3%. You're having a lot of eyeballs on my property, but I need to really grow and get more revenue for my owners and for myself because I also own property. And so owning, having my own direct booking is going to be a great way for me to do that. Would you agree, Sharon, that that yes. is one way you yeah. can do that? You hit the nail. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head that you know, considering your marketing costs, when you market and list on Airbnb, those are definitely marketing costs. But if you are keeping track and I don't want to say regulating, but if you are looking at how many times certain guests are returning and really becoming repeat clientele that you know anytime you can cut down on a cost and whether it's marketing costs or 
cleaning costs or linen costs, right? That is going to increase your bottom line. So absolutely. A cost like... Um, it's not really a return on investment because you don't know, but it's like, if you can have a guest that you know is going to treat your property well, yeah, I think repeat guests is a way to increase revenue because you know you're going to have a good guest there. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be damages. They're going to check out when they're supposed to mm-hmm. and they're going to treat your property with respect. It might not be something very evident, but, um, and, and just how much is that like relief of having a repeat guest there? You know, like yeah. they already know how to check in. They know how your place operates. It's peace of mind also in the time you get back from maybe corresponding from them. Mm-hmm. Sharon, I have a question in, um, in the space that you're in. Um, this is something maybe Sarah and I could test also um, in that part of that concierge services, doing daily cleanings. That's such a different thing in the short-term rental and vacation yeah. rental market. Do you offer daily cleans to people that are staying in a home for a week long? Is that something that you add on um, a cost? We do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yep. And when do you when do you let them know about that service? Because I'm thinking Sarah and I could add that on just our concierge service. Like, hey, if you want us to come in and clean during your stay, what what does that look like? When do you present that to them? Is it along with the other concierge service, like I'm um, stocking the fridge? I would say closer to their stay because um, I know the booking window varies of um, how far in advance that they're making the reservation. But let's say that they do. Um, make the reservation four months in advance. They're probably not thinking of, do they want Diet Coke, water, and bananas, you know, gotcha. sitting on the counter four months out. But two weeks out, they're, you know, maybe they're thinking of what they want to pack, like what what is the weather going to be? So I would say the furthest would be two weeks um, and then three days. It just depends on, you know, for your planning purposes. Okay. Yeah, where we could fit it in our schedule, I guess. What does that verbiage look like, Sharon? What would you recommend to our listeners say like in their listing? Like we also offer for a fee concierge services. Like how what's what's commonplace in your industry? Yeah, I would say that you're stating what the offering is and then just the price. Like would you like in in our world because it is maybe a three to seven nights stay, mm-hmm. a mid-stay clean, which, mm. you know, we can schedule mid-stay clean for $100 and it's everything from linens to... Uh, that's great. So you just put the pricing kind of in... Yeah, let them decide. In a like listing, that. yeah. Or in your welcome book. Yeah, your... we can stock your fridge with um, up to, you know, these five to nine items for only $25. Yeah. Whatever, uh, you know, like you're... Yeah. Like, I'm going to go back to this because this is like such a light bulb moment for us. Listeners, this is something you can add to your listing... You may not ever even have to do it, but it's the thought that the, the guest before they books know that knows that you're that type of host that would do that if needed be. So that might be something, you know, just like there's pictures in your in, in your listing of an area that they might not ever enjoy in your home, but you know it is a great photograph. Like think of these things that you could do ahead of time to get them to even book your space mm-hmm. and maybe not even take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yep. right. If and we then have, that's the, okay, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And as you are reaching out to that guest prior to their arrival, that's also the opportune time to ask if they are interested in an early check-in or late checkout. Uh. And you're only offering that if you can accommodate it. So in other words, if you've got a back-to-back, don't even mention. Right. But then if you know if you've you got have some four days, room. Yeah. Yeah. Say, okay. would you like to arrive three hours early for X? That's great. Boom. Yeah. I love how you just say the price. Like, Don't even... Give them questions and then they're like, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Ah, I love it. Sharon, I think you just made a lot of our listeners a lot more money than we think. And us. And us. We're going to be concierge. Now, Sharon, (laughs) you do offer the service, these services one-on-one, correct? How can our listeners reach out to you? 
they can find me at my website, which is vrmadvocate.com. And I'm also reachable via LinkedIn as well. And we'll make sure to link to those in the show notes. Uh, we just want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think you know we're learning right along the side of, of our listeners. Every so day, every day, help you uh, like thank you for helping the short-term rental market yes. up their game, so that we can all be friends and give elevated guest experience. Absolute friends. Thanks, ladies. I appreciate it. It was so fun. Thank you so much. All right, listeners. I'm Sarah. I'm Annette. We are. Thanks for for visiting. visiting. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers. We've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.